0: Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you are made for more. Here's our latest message. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to, to jump into today. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, would you do me a favor? Go, go to the book of Acts with me, the book of Acts, chapter 2. Did you know I, I want to... Um, Preferences. I don't know if, if you knew this. Um, today is, is day 50. From the time that Jesus was resurrected till now, it marks day 50. And um, that, that's an interesting number in the scriptures. It, it, it's, it's actually very uh, powerful. And so, what I want to do today, the, the best of my ability, if, if you've been here for a while, you know I, I'm like a preacher, I like to preach. Uh, But today, I I also, I really want to dive into, preaching is also teaching, by the way, but there's a difference, if I'm being honest. But I really want to dive into, like, the teaching, and I got some slides for you, and I want to show you some pictures, and there's something that we need to understand. um, As the Capital C Church, we celebrate very major days in our faith. We celebrate Good Friday, right? Um, And I talked about, you know, CEOs, uh, who remembers what the CEO was? Christmas, Christian, Christmas Easter onlys, right? <laughs> Which we love, we love you or those people, but sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm just going to attend church and come in, in those times. But it's, it's Good Friday and then it's Easter Sunday. Man, that's like the Super Bowl Sunday for like churches, right? But then we miss Pentecost. And remember this, God didn't just die to save you from your past. He did that. But He died to save you for your future. And if we just stop at the resurrection, we miss what that really means for your future. You're resurrected, right? Christ, it, he, he resurrected. He, he conquered death. He took all of our sins on us. The blood of Jesus washes us afresh and new. But something happens from resurrection to where we're at today in in our our history as followers and disciples of Jesus. And so I I wanted to, as, as a pastor, say, hey, this day is really important. So what is Pentecost in the Bible? Most people associate it in the New Testament as the day God poured out his spirit on the Jerusalem church in the upper room. And yes, he did that. Enabling his disciples to perform incredible acts, powerful supernatural acts, healing, speaking in tongues, prophesying, inspired preaching. All of these wild things that were taking place because of the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised would come. As told in Acts 2, 1 through 4, I want to read that. Read it with me. You don't have to read aloud, but go there. Acts 2, 1 through 4 says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What in the world does that mean, right? Jesus had promised his disciples, watch this, a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Remember, we just read not too long ago that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, right? And Jesus, Jesus points out that there's a water, water baptism, but he will be the spirit baptizer, What is the spirit baptizer? Well, we find out in the culmination as it's all building up on this day. Millennia ago, Pentecost Sunday, Jesus fulfills what he means when he says, I am the spirit baptizer. Acts 1, 5, and 8 says, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and in Chino and Chino Hills and Pomona and all the depths of the earth. And notice, Jesus promises disciples of baptism, yes, that he would send them a helper who would teach them, teach them all things. Some of us think like, oh, the Holy Spirit is just for, for fire and, and, and speaking in tongues and prophecy and all that. Yes, that's what he is, but he's much more. He's a teacher, Of all things, John 14, 26 says, but the helper, Jesus speaking, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. He's the teacher. He's your great rabbi. And if you consider yourself a disciple, if you have given your life to Jesus, if you are walking with him, if you are abiding in him, If you have asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which I believe you should, by the way, because he's the spirit baptizer. Then you have the greatest teacher that the world would ever know. Beyond the cosmos. The power, the magnitude, the the knowledge, the the intellect, the guidance, the wisdom, the discernment, all comes from the Holy Spirit. Which, by the way, if you watch Jesus' ministry, he was led by the Holy Spirit. Led by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. And so then we must be led by the Holy Spirit, right? It's his teaching. It, so that, And he says that he would not leave the disciples as orphans. That's what the Holy Spirit would, that's what the promise was from Jesus. Notice John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. These were all promises, Jesus promising us, Jesus promising his disciples, Jesus promising those who followed him. That day, the one we just read, as about 120 disciples huddled in a room in Jerusalem, those promises were fulfilled. Because side note, Jesus is a promise keeper, right? However, Acts 2 was not the first celebration of Pentecost. In fact, that first Pentecost occurred on the ancient Jewish holiday known as the Feast of Weeks. And you're like, what is the Feast of Weeks? Well, here's here's where we go deeper on teaching. Are you good with that? We got to teach this morning. Because it's not a coincidence that that happened and not if you understand what the Feast of Weeks was all about. So lean in with me for a moment. As we unpack what a feast is in the Jewish calendar and holiday and for a Jewish mind. The feast were a shadow of things to come. Okay. In Hebrew, the word for feast means appointed time, a place, or a meeting. Some translations use the word festival. Okay. These were seven. There were seven of them. Seven feasts, set times throughout the year, God commanded the nation of Israel to meet with him. So God establishes this, we'll read in a moment, in Deuteronomy, with the people of Israel who come out of Egypt, in their slavery, they still have the mind of a slave, and they're trying to get that out, and so God says, hey, hey, this is how we're going to do it, because you need me, right, you need me, I need to teach you a new rhythm and how you live your life. You'll forget about me pretty quick. And I I think that's the story of us, by the way. It's actually the story of the Old Testament. We forget about God. He does some powerful, great, mighty things. He saves our family. He saves our marriages. He walks with us, talks with us, meets with us, does crazy things. And then a year from now, it's like, where's God at in your life, man? Do you forget about him? What happened? We forget about him over and over and over again. So there are four in the spring and the remaining three in the fall. That's the Sabbath, the Passover, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Booths or the Tabernacles. I'm not going to go through all of them. It will take like weeks to do that, but we're going to talk about the Feast of Weeks, which was Pentecost. You guys with me? We good? Yeah. All right. All right. Paul referenced these feasts, by the way, in Colossians 2, 16 through 17. He says, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. He's talking about the feast. These are shadows of things to come, but the substance belongs to who? To Christ. If you're a Jew, even Jews today, we love them, but they don't believe Jesus is Messiah, They don't believe him, that he's, they just believe he was a prophet. Some even speak really down about him, like massively. And so it's like, but they celebrate all the feasts, not knowing Paul, who was a Jew, who understood the law, who was taught under all of this understanding, says, no, 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 you're missing it. All of these feasts point to the substance of Christ. It's a shadow of the man coming. It's the shadow of our king. That's why we do the celebrations. That's why we we, we remind our hearts and our minds and our bodies. So according to Paul, these feasts are not the reality but the shadow that points to and finds its fulfillment in Christ. So picture like a tree, a big like oak tree. I like oak trees, right? A big one. And if you are just looking down at the ground, not at the tree, it's a shadow, isn't it? You can see the shadow and it's there. You can see my shadow, it's, it's here, right? Well, when you look at it, uh, that, it's, it's hard to, to clearly define the branches, right? Though you can see them a little bit, the shadow only gives an idea of what the tree looks like or feels like, the texture of it, right? The, the little acorns that come with it, right? It's the tree itself that has the substance, but the tree itself is real. So all seven feasts are like the tree's shadow. They merely point to the reality of the substance found in Christ. So I have an image here that we're going to put up, our first image. Um, I know it's hard to see that. If you, if you want me to send it to you, I can. But these are, these are all the different feasts for the Israel, um, the, the, the calendar. You can see our calendar, right? April, May, June. I just want to look at, do you see where it says April? Do you see where it says Passover? So in April, what do we celebrate? Every April. Easter, Resurrection Sunday. But for them, it's Passover. That is why John the Baptist says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, because there was a festival that they would celebrate in April called Passover. What was Passover? They would sacrifice a lot of lambs. So you starting to get the picture? By the way, God is the greatest master storyteller Ever. So that's Passover, okay? You guys with me? I know we're doing some teaching, but like notice here, April, May, June. Do you see what it says there in June? Pentecost and first fruits. First fruits, that's a whole other conversation. But they reminded themselves that God is their provider, so they would bring the first fruits. They would travel far distances, by the way, farmers and say, hey God, they would bring it to the temple. This is yours because you have blessed me. You have blessed my business. You have blessed my farming. You have blessed. So I'm gonna give you the first fruits. They would do this every single year. Why? Not for God, for them to remember. It was a shadow of things to come, right? So of the seven feasts, watch this. The Feast of Weeks or Pentecost is one of three. This is crazy to me. God commanded Israel to celebrate at the temple in Jerusalem. One of three, okay? This is all gonna make sense in a moment. After it was established in Jerusalem, so in Deuteronomy 16, 16 to 17, is it was a pilgrimage feast, okay? So if you lived in Rome, but you were a Jew, you'd make your, your pilgrimage. We're celebrating Passover and we're celebrating Pentecost. God says to be there at the temple, I'm gonna be there. So they take a journey. All right, come on, family. We're going to go. We're going to celebrate all God has done for us. If you lived in Egypt, if you lived in Persia, if you lived wherever, modern-day Turkey, Mesopotamia, you packed your bags, you got your stuff, and if you were devout and you loved God and you honored him, you would go celebrate him. Because in his word, he said, three out of the seven feasts, I'm calling you to come to the temple. Okay? Okay? Jews declared the Feast of Weeks to be the day on which God gave the law to Israel. Let's briefly go back to that day. You guys good? You guys with me? All right. This is some interesting stuff. Some of you guys are like, man, I came to church for this. No, this is good stuff. Just, just, just wait. It's like, it's like a movie. It's beautiful. So this, this was on Mount Sinai. I want to read Exodus 19. Can you put that, that, that picture up for me on um, Mount Sinai? It's like a... Interesting. Okay, I just want you to look at that picture while I read the scripture. This is in Exodus, okay? This is Moses. Mount Sinai is a very historic day, not only for a Christian, if you understand uh, our, our, our Bible and our scripture and our Old Testament, but for the Jew. Here's why. It says this. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. They just came out of Egypt. They were slaves. They were following a cloud and it was God. He was dropping manna from the sky, bread, and they were eating it. Like God was real for them. They, he, they saw the, the water split and go through They saw the Egyptian come on their chariots and be wiped away. They knew God was real. They saw all the plagues in Egypt. So it wasn't a question like, is God real? Am I an atheist or not? No, they knew he was real. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder and louder and louder. Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him, and the Lord descended To the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of of the mountain. So Moses went up. This is where Moses meets God, and God gives him the Ten Commandments, which is what? The law. It's the law. Your Ten Commandments in the Bible? The law. And Moses he gets he gets the tablets, he comes back down. It's like, man, it's like God spoke. And then it was really bad what happened, so we'll get to that in a moment. So in the book of Revelation, John tells us smoke indicates the glory or the greatness of God, that's uh, Revelation fifteen eight. while fire is a visible manifestation of God. Okay, so it's all echoes to something. So thousands of years later, as 120 men and women gathered in the upper room, can we put that next slide up? 120 men and women gathered in the upper room on the Feast of Weeks, okay? What happened, what I just read, that was considered the Feast of Weeks. They established it then. Now, years later, thousands of years later, the Lord once again descended in fire as all of Jerusalem celebrated and remembered the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. Why were they all there? Because they had to go to the temple, does it make sense? It's like, man, like, why were there so many people? And the Bible says if you read in, in Acts that there, there were Ethiopians and, and Romans and, and Egyptians. It's like, wh- why were they all there? And it's like, because they all came because God said, come and honor me at the Feast of Weeks. So let's read Acts 2, 1, 1 through 4 again. It says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a wild does it sound similar? The blowing of a a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Joel was a prophet in the ninth century BC during King Josiah's reign, Joash's reign, sorry. And Joel, it says this, he tells of a future day when God's Spirit would once again be with his people. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I, God says, will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young women shall see visions, even on the male and female servants. I wanna say that again, because we discriminate women in the church, so we're not doing that here. So sorry if, if, if like that's what you think. Even the, the spirit of God came on the women too. That's why Kelly's Pastor Kelly. Honestly, sorry, if, if if that bothers you, I love you. I love you so much. This is theology. This is the Bible. This is scripture. And we can argue that, and you can like major on the minor, but like we believe, because Joel said it on the end days, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh, both men and women. Your little boys, your sons and daughters, they'll dream and they'll have visions. The old men will, like, be alive again. Why? Because there's something within them that rattles them and shakes them up and trembles them. For what? To bring glory to God. Yeah. To give you. Why? Because he saved you not from your past. What did he save you for? For your future. But how, how can I, how can I obtain what you've called me to do if I, if I don't have you, God. Oh, don't worry about it. I'll give you my spirit on all flesh, on all men, on all women, on all ethnicities. I don't discriminate gender. I don't discriminate any God's like, man, everyone, you get this power in the spirit. Does that sound good? All right. So watch this. Well, this is certainly not an exhaustive list. I want to read this and then I'll just I'll share. And uh, and get fired up for a moment. Watch this. This is certainly not an exhaustive list. Here are some amazing parallels between these two events that happened 1,200 years apart to the day. I just want to explain one thing, though. When Moses comes back down, Moses, before he left, just got done telling them, Guys, there are a lot of other gods in this region, and they worship a lot of other gods. We're not doing that. We worship one god and one god only, and it's Yahweh. Okay, so they're like, yeah, yeah, Moses, we got it. You're our leader. Okay, we'll listen to you. And Aaron is the priest, and the people start complaining because Moses is taking so long. They're like, well, how do we appease God? Like, you know, what happens? We should get a golden calf and worship it. Like, God, Moses just told them, you don't do worship anyone outside. But why? All the other nations would do that. So that's why, by the way, you you need to be close with God, because very easily you'll be shifted from what culture says instead of what God says. That's why you got to know and be close and abide in him. So they started worshiping. They got all their gold. Give me all your gold, anything. And they put it in the fire, and they made this beautiful. It had had to take a while to do, by the way. Like, isn't that kind of what sin is? You kind of have to think about it for a while. You like meditate on it. You're like, okay, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go buy this thing. And Okay, I'll go home and do this, or I'm going to go on that website, okay, and I'm going to open it up. Like, it's meditated, for being honest, right? That's why some of us just, we fall, of course, it's grace, it's a mess up, but there's there's something off. You have to check your soul when it's meditated, and you're thinking about it, thinking about it, and then you do it. That's where, hey, man, you need to check where you're at with God on this. So they did that. They built this golden calf. They start worshiping it. They're having a party. And Moses comes down after speaking to God and sees this. And he throws down the tablets. He gets angry. He's upset. And the scripture says God punished those who did it. Now, this is a God of judgment, by the way. 3,000 people died that day. 3,000. You're like, is that in the Bible? Yeah. Because God is a God Of of, of, uh, judgment, and he shows us his judgment in the Old Testament, and with Jesus, he redeems that, right? That's why we have his grace and his mercy and his love, but, like, we can't be like, oh, that's Old Testament. No, that's still God. That's still God. And he's like, I'm a jealous God. It says that. Like, it's me and me alone. It's not just, it's not me and Jesus and Buddha. It's not me and Jesus and, like, Some other stuff. It's not me and Jesus in my tarot cards. It's not me and Jesus in X, Y, and Z. It's it's Jesus and Jesus alone. He is the only one who wants to be in your home. There's no one else. You can't play with fire and be like, no, I got Jesus, but you have all these other things, too. And you might not worship those things, but I don't know what you worship. Is it success? Is it fame? Is it how many followers you have on your IGs and how much money's coming in your bank account? Those can be God's, too. Idols. And God was pretty upset about that. 3,000 died. Okay? Does that sound like crazy? So watch this. Both events occurred on a mountain, Mount Sinai, Mount Zion, known as the mountain of God. Both events happened to a newly redeemed people. The Exodus marked the birth of the Israelite nation, while Pentecost events recorded in Acts 2 marked the birth of Christianity and the church. Both events involved God's people receiving a gift, the law and the Holy Spirit. Both events, the gift was given by God settling on a mountain with the fire of his spirit. Both events took place at the same time on the same month. The Israelites left Egypt on Passover and 40 days later, arrived at Sinai. Then Moses went up on a mountain to see God at Mount Sinai. 10 days later, Moses came down with the Torah and the Israelites broke the covenant. 3,000 people died. Jesus died on Passover. 40 days later, went up on a mountain to see God at Mount of Olives. 10 days after Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit came down and 3,000 people were saved. What is this God that we see, the God of grace? Through who, Jesus? You're redeemed, man. He's, he's, He's not, you're redeemed by the blood of the lamb. That's why that's the power of the cross. Without the cross, we're all doomed, my friend. Like, we're all bound to hell. Like, we're all pretty evil, wicked people at the depth. I'm sorry to be like, but it's the truth. At the core, that's why, I mean, I need, I need you more than the air that I breathe. I need you on my mind and my thoughts and my being every ounce. But God brings his grace now. He's like, I'm doing something new in the church, and in order to get you where you need to go, it's no longer judgment, it's grace. It's no longer law and regulation, it's grace. So you want to get through the night? You want to do what God's called you to do? Take on his grace. How do you take on his grace? Abide in his spirit that he gave to you freely, every one of us. 50 days after sacrificing the Passover lamb, the Israelites received a covenant from God. 50 days after sacrificing Jesus, our Passover lamb, believers receive a new covenant from God. Both events had similar sounds symbols, wind, fire, smoke, voices. The Hebrew word translated thunder, which means voices or languages. The fire at Sinai was of One fire visible by all. The fire at Pentecost was individual fires on every person. In the event at Mount Sinai, the people were kept away from the fire. But in Acts, the fire came to the people. The fire comes to you. You don't have to go to it. You don't have to run to it. The Spirit of God will come to you. You don't have to do anything to get His Spirit. You just have to receive it. Both events, God showed up. Both events, God gave his Torah, the law, to his people, and in both cases, he sealed the covenant that he made with them. At Sinai, he gave the law written by his finger on tablets of stone. At Pentecost, he gave the law written on tablets of the heart. In both events, a mixed multitude of people were represented. The Torah attempted to change people from the outside. That's what the law does, by the way. Behavior modification. The Holy Spirit changes from within. The word Torah means teaching. And in John 14, 26, what did we read? The Holy Spirit is called the teacher. Do you see the power and the magnitude of that? Do you see the master story plan? Like, we're talking thousands of years, Mount Sinai to Pentecost. God had it all planned out. That's why he's like, hey, guys. Wait for me. They're like, Jesus, where are you going? He's appearing and reappearing, like literally walking through doors after his resurrected body. Where are you going? Thomas is like, man, like if you're real, let me, are you real? You know, like, Jesus is like, hey, I'm going to leave. They're like, don't leave us, Jesus. What do we do without you? I need you, right? I need you. And he's like, hey, wait. Just wait. Be patient. I'm going to send you a helper, the Holy Spirit. They knew exactly what he meant, by the way, when he, that he said the Holy Spirit. So what does this mean, church? It means you'll never be alone. Quite, quite frankly, quite simply, you will never be alone. It means you are empowered by the Spirit of God. Yeah, it means he is with you. It means he is with you. It means he goes before you. It means he is the greatest teacher of your soul. It means he will lead you. He will guide you. He will convict you. And he will call you to more. So yes, do, do, do I want... That the speaking of tongues 100 percent. I love that stuff. Bring it on. Do I want the, the prophecy and the power of God and, and the words of knowledge and the faith and all the different gifts? Yes, we practice that. But more than anything, what the Holy Spirit does, if I could be honest and theologically accurate, the Holy Spirit empowers you to preach the gospel. How does He empower you to do that? Because He said, "I will empower you. I will give you power. The Holy Spirit will give you power to do what? To speak life to the depths of the world in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, into the depths into Chino and Chino Hills and Pomona and Rancho and Ontario and every region and in the Inland Empire and Rancho Cucamonga, I have the Spirit of God within me, and there's fire within me. And so for you and I, this is what it means. This is what Pentecost means. So yes, thank God for Good Friday. We need that. Thank God for Easter Sunday. I wouldn't be redeemed. But if it wasn't for Pentecost, I wouldn't be able to stand with boldness every single week, every single day. I wouldn't be able to come against the gates of hell. I wouldn't be able to fight for my family and stand because I got the power of God within me. And he gave it to you and he gave it to me. And there's no discrimination on that. Please, understand that. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And and because of that plan and purpose, he knows, man, there's no way you can do that unless you're with me. How many of you have big dreams? Man, I got big dreams. I really do. There's absolutely no way I can get there on my own. It's like, good luck with that, man. Seriously. Seriously. You'll burn out. You'll tire out. You'll lose your marriage as you do that. You'll lose your kids. Your kids won't love you. They won't know you because you weren't present in their life. You just, you'll just be a grumpy old man. There's two types of people, honestly, that like, the, 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 you know, in the convalescent homes, honestly, there's two types of people. There's really joyful, loving people, and there's really bitter, angry people. Oh, man, what's wrong with you? Go get my food. I, I can't stand you. Bitter. Towards life, honestly, I don't know if you've seen it. But then there's others that are like, I love you. Man, thank you, talk to me. Tell me about your story. And I would argue that a person that's filled with love is filled with the Spirit of God. Well, how do I I know that? Because the Bible says in John, you can't claim to love your neighbor and then say you love God. You don't even know God if you can't love your neighbor. Who who gives you that power to love someone who who put an injustice on you? Who gives you that power to forgive your father or your mother or that person who did that to you? Who gives you that power to forgive like that? The power and the blood of Jesus through his Holy Spirit. That's who gives me that power. And, And it's available for you, by the way, every single day, all the time, every moment, every opportunity. It's here, right here, right now. He is here. Saying, hey, I'm, I'm here. I've been calling you. I've been chasing you. I've been longing to be in relationship with you. So I'll read, it, um, I'll read this passage and then, and then I'll be done here. Peter addresses the crowd when this happens. He says this. Peter stood up with the 11, the other disciples, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, Let me explain this to you, listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, because they thought they were drunk because they were speaking in other languages, as you suppose, because it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel hundreds of years before this happened. In the last days, Peter changes Joel's language a little bit. I mean, he has that authority as a disciple because he's empowered by the Holy Spirit in this moment. Because if you read Joel, it just says, thereafter. But Peter changes it, and he says, in the last days. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you, like, you have been scrolling on Instagram and where you're at with politics. I don't really care about politics, right? We're not here for that. We're here for Jesus. But if you look, you're like, are we in the last days? What in the world is going on with this Satan stuff? You know? Watch this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy... Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both male and 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 women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, in the last days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders. Watch this. Don't miss this. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. Didn't we just read that? Deuteronomy? And billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before, don't miss this one, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone, and everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the gospel, by the way. That's the gospel. So wherever you're at, wherever you're at, if you're online watching this, wherever you're at, if you call upon the name of Jesus as Lord, as Lord, he says, Lord, not just Savior. There's a big difference. If you call upon the name of Jesus, the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And that's, that's the promise. That's the gospel. That's the power. That's, you know, that's why I, I, I like, you know, we got faithfulness is a, is a fruit of the spirit, right? It's, it's, it's a piece of the fruit. So like sometimes, like let's just be honest, sometimes you won't wake up and go to church. Can we be honest? Like I can't say that as a pastor. I know, some of you guys aren't here, I'm here every Sunday. so I get it though, but there's something about faithfulness, there's something about showing up. And the reason why I love worship, it's not just, it's not about them. Their their job, you wanna know what their job is, is their gifts, is to point you back to Him. So if they make it about them, that's on them and God. It's about Him, why? Because throughout my week, sometimes I, I can shift, even in my week, I can forget, I can forget how good He is, man. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then we come and we're singing, I need you. I need you more than the air. I need you. I need you in my marriage and my family as I father. I need you as I parent. I need you as I preach the gospel. I need you as I talk to people. I need you in my thoughts and my mind. And as the enemy comes, I, I need you, God. It's like, oh man, it's the breath. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fresh wind for my soul. The spirit is also described as the ruach, the wind. It's, it's a fresh wind for my soul. That's why, by the way, church isn't just supposed to be on a Sunday. I mean, if you read Acts, if you keep going, it says they gathered every day. Imagine we gathered every day. Well, they didn't do it like this. They did it in groups. Their life was Jesus, was God. And they reoriented everything that they did, the way they thought, the way they ate, the way they lived, the way they used their bodies, because Jesus, the Bible says now the law is in you. You're a temple. The way you use your body, the way you use your finances, the way you live, the way you talk, the way you argue with your family members and reconcile, right? Like it is all in line towards the way of Jesus. But the one who gives you the power to do that is the Spirit of God. And for that I say, thank you, Jesus. I need, I need him. I don't know about you, man, but I need him. I need him. Amen? Hey, could you stand with me as we finish this up? I just want to encourage you right now. um, It's just a posture of worship that you just try to silence your mind. Just calm your soul for a moment. Because uh, many of us are, <laughs> our minds are going way too quick and our soul's trying to slow us down. The Spirit of God's trying to slow you down, right? So just try to catch back up to the pace of the Holy Spirit in your life. For many of us, it's like, okay, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Just relax, man. Just relax. One of the greatest sayings that's known for Jesus is that he. Was and is a non-anxious presence, a non-anxious presence in the room. I think Jesus would have got excited and preached with like, ah, yeah, I think so. I mean, he had to if he was on a boat and he's he got to be loud, right? They don't have microphones in. But when when he was when he was with people. If you read, he was a non-anxious presence. He was not rushed. He was not hurried. So imagine, like, in your home, in the craziest moments, right? You go home, and you're all stressed, and you're like, oh, my gosh. No. And just Jesus walks in. He's just, he's just very non-anxious. It's like, hey, man, take on my burden. Take on my life. Just breathe. Just breathe. It's a miracle that you can breathe, the song says. Breathe. So right now, would you just do that with me? Would you just open up your hands as a posture of worship? There's a couple things I want to encourage you and lead you in. The first is if you... I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a renewal. It, it, it's a, it, it should happen over and over and over again in your life. Don't let the enemy say it's just a one-time thing. If you're like, man, I want to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. I don't even know what that means, but I want that. If that's you, just say... Jesus, you're the spirit baptizer, baptize me. Baptize me, Holy Spirit. And if you're in the room and you're just like, man, I I need rest for my soul, just say, Jesus, teach me your ways. Teach me how to live the way you've called me to live. I need you in every avenue of my life, God. And then the last is I would just encourage you to, with a grateful heart, say, God, thank you. Thank you for being a promise keeper, for sending your spirit. Thank you that you've empowered me. Thank you, because I'll never be alone.